0: What's up everybody? It's Tuesday. You're sitting with Gordy here in the rumpus room. So that means it's obviously wooden your ear skateboarding. So actually fucking amazing weird crazy coincidences or whatever. Like the world's work something's working out for us. But long story short, you got reached out by basically the Podfather as far as like skateboarding podcast goes. Like somebody make an actual factual just awesome radio as far as skateboarding's concerned if you don't know him well that's your fault because you're screwing up because this guy like honestly you should listen to his show before you even touch this but we got cabbage from in the patch with cabbage with us
1: what's up what's up my wood in the ear skateboarding crew are we in the rumpus room i'm not in the rumpus room i'm in the patch
0: So I got to ask, what's with the Cabbage Patch thing?
1: Well, okay. Uh, It was a Saturday Night Live skit way back in the 80s. Um, It was a skit called Chopping Broccoli. Uh, Dana Carvey. Chopping Broccoli. and uh, Just super old school. And uh, back in the 80s, I'm old, so I'm an old dude. I'm an old skateboarder. And uh, we would St- spend the night at friend's house and stay up late to watch saturday night live because back in the day saturday night live was like edgy and sketchy and like it was like you'd have to like stay up late and you know we'd have a sleepover and we watch this shit and uh my last name starts with a b and everyone thought it was funny and we laughed and everyone called me broccoli and uh i'm gonna speed the story up but for for like three months dude everybody called me broccoli And uh, it was stupid as shit. No rhyme reason to it at all. But uh, some older guy, man, this guy Bruce, he messed up my name and called me Cabbage one time. And it was back when Cabbage Patch kids were all like the deal. And I had a big ass head and everyone was like, Cabbage Patch head, you fucking big headed. So it just it rolled into Cabbage. And then what happened is after high school, I became I started skating and I got in a band and I was a drummer. So like. If you're the drummer in the band, well shit, that works, right? I mean, I'm Cabbage. <laughs> just you know. <laughs> so, and then as my skateboarding career developed and I first was in magazines, my sponsors were like, "Do you want us to, My real name's James Bradfield." They were like, "Do you want us to call you James Cabbage Bradfield?" And I was like, "That looks horrible." I was like, "Just call me Cabbage." And uh so in the and when I first got in magazines, it was just Cabbage and then next thing you know bro i'm standing in like a shopping mall in japan signing autographs for days like as cabbage <laughs> and so like it just became the it that was like the quick story but like it just became cabbage and uh so i've had this nickname since i was 12 years old and i will i'm 49 years old gonna be 50 next next year so uh but yeah still skateboarding still love it um I've had an amazing run, man. So,
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, as far as the more I learn about you and everything you've done in Skateboarding, it's like, God, this guy. Wait, so you're telling me he knows Cliff Coleman somehow? Or, oh, yeah, he apparently also knows all the UPs and is hanging out with Bucky Lassick and... Or Lasik, I don't know how his name's pronounced. And Bam Margera and whatnot.
1: Yeah, I, <laughs> actually, I might do you that favor and hook that up for you. I want see. So I hear you talking all the time. I'm I'm gonna hook that up and try to get Bam on your show. If I make that happen for you, would, you owe me one.
0: That would be the best fucking thing in the world.
1: I know he, I can get him to do okay. it. I'll get him to do it. Cause I, I, I've been trying to get up. Actually, my, a bunch of my friends were up at the castle today skating. And I was like, man, every time I I've just so busy with work, I can't get up to skate the new setup they got. But, uh, those guys shout out Carlos and those FDR guys. They, they did a good job on that indoor thing. He's got there, but, uh, yeah, see, I, in Maryland, there was a lot of skateboarding and, um, like I grew up with Bucky elastic. So like I, i knew i've known him since we were young and stuff so what i've you know i was part of that and i i laugh because you guys always are talking about tony hawk pro skater and shit and i have the best story about that um let's hear it uh yeah so back i was living in san diego I, and dude my story's so crazy i'm just jumping all around you don't have enough time in the no, day you're good. you don't have enough time <laughs> in the day to get all this shit but uh long story short on that man um I was living in San Diego and I was helping Bucky move and diff- he had a couple different houses and we would, we were chilling and hanging out. And then I go over his house one day and he, he just got back from a meeting with Sony and uh, he had this special PlayStation that had this beta chip in it to allow him to play test versions of this game. I was like, well, what's the game? He's like, dude, Tony's making this skate game. I was like, what? And I was, I love skateboarding games from skater die Two on Nintendo back in the day. And, like all kinds oh, of Oh hell yeah. You remember that game it had the half pipe with the little spine in the middle you could do flips over it and sh- but uh so I love sk- you know I I can go way back because I used to play 720 in the arcade. <laughs> See that's one for the
0: life of me every time I play I cannot figure it out. It's the worst. Like skater die makes sense.
1: Yeah the, the the 720 the the control is so fucking horrible. Like I don't I never understood it. I could never do shit on the half pipe in that game and the next thing you know, skate or die and the bees come after you and you're done. <laughs> you can't like I don't know, maybe I do it wrong,
0: but you can't get away from those bees. You
1: can't get away from the fucking bees. They're always gonna get you, man. It's it, the game's ridiculous. But for uh, for my generation, dude, that was it. Like, you know, I I watched video games develop because I'm so old school. My parents had an Atari Pong. And then I had the very first, I had, I was the kid Christmas morning opening the Atari 2600, like playing Pac-Man and Space Invaders and shit, like all day tweaking out on that. So I went through all the nineties, all the games, and I, I have a 17 year old son and he got into retro games. So in our house right now in our living room, there's a GameCube, there's a Sega Genesis, there's you know super nintendo we have all we have a collection of all the old video games i'm not a video game junkie i still like ps3 and all i play now dude is skate three like that's the only game for some reason (laughs) there you go for some reason i like the skate games the ea games better than the tony hawk games i don't know but to get back to this story so, so i'm in bucky's house and he shows me this game And I'm like, what the hell? All we have is two screens and his character. And so the very first copy, so I'm playing this in like 1998. And uh, so I'm totally like sitting there playing this video game all night long. I'm one of the first people in the country playing it. And I'm giving Bucky feedback on his character because he didn't like to play it that much. I'm like, Bucky, man, when you do crossbones, like you turn your shoulders a little more this way. And like, I'm just giving him like, like i'm helping him develop his character on this is tony hawk pro skater one right so so then you know i'm staying up for nights like he'd come like there was times where he'd come down and, and in the morning i'd be like, dude i've been up all night long he's tweaking on this game so i was like addicted to it and this was like a year before anyone knew or maybe maybe there was press about it but like no it wasn't out and then um living out there i was in the mix of everything so i go to dinner one night i'm at bob Burnquist's house and he's away i'm there with his wife and uh she's like oh yeah this is i saw the playstation sitting there i was like is that bob's copy and she's like yeah you can play it so i played bob's character i played tony's character at his house so i had played bucky bob and tony's characters before in the 90s before the game even came out so like i'm a super og uh (laughs) tony hawk pro skater guy (laughs) so that's why i was so stoked when you were so hype about the re-release i was like oh shit man i gotta tell gordy these stories about this so that's just
0: well that's what's so crazy is you were just experiencing that game as like oh this is like this is like the Thing that's oh, Tony is working on this weird project for me. That was like my introduction to like this is what skateboarding actually is and can be.
1: I trip on that, man. Your generation, like, we because we talk about this. I think I heard you talk about it on the show with Spence about like how you think how that game developed like a whole generation of like skateboarders and made it a little mainstream. But you know what also did I, I have to add to that in 1995 the edition of the X Games being televised, and so that oh yeah that was a big thing because then you got to figure people are seeing ESPN flipping through there it was on in bars it was all over the place and so I had just moved out I was I was at all those first X Games and another fucking cool story that you'll get a kick out of is I was standing with Bucky's wife. And right, and, and Tony's wife and all them right on the side of the ramp in San Francisco in 1999 when Tony Hawk did the 900. And like.
0: So I have to ask you. I was there. Who did it first? <laughs>
1: uh, who, t- Tony or Toss? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Well, I was living in NC. I saw that. If you ever watch Toss's uh, documentary, I was there in some of that when he was doing it in Encinitas trying to shoot it. And uh, he, Toss was he was close man i i mean I, T- tony did it tony did it and toss was gonna do it that day there's no doubt about it that and they wouldn't let him in the contest that's the true thing so i can't yeah
0: no, i'm not trying to get like into all yeah, kinds of crazy stuff, yeah i bitch. don't i don't want to get
1: too political <laughs> in that because you know what i'm friends with both of them and it'll be and like literally i'm hopefully i am reached out i think toss is gonna do my show soon so i don't want to like <laughs> see, and get in the middle of that but but one of the things that always intrigues me is, you know, that was one of, like, the most famous moments in skateboard history, and they replay it all the time. And I'm sitting there, like, when it happened, I was, like, 10 feet away from that big group of people jumping up and down, picking Tony up and all. And I was going to run out there, and, like, I was like, man, I didn't – I was cool guy in it. I didn't want to be, like – ball hanging you know all his peers were there guys yeah i I, i'm not a peer you know if their skateboarding had like a listers and b listers tony bucky those guys are all a listers dude i'm like a d list celebrity you know what i mean like i i made i made a living like i'll tell you man this is a neat story and you'll probably dig this skateboarding my whole life and, and when i moved to california this is how i got into longboarding i uh i i had Stop smoking weed for a while to get this job at SeaWorld. Right. And because I had to, like, so because I, you know, I smoked weed my whole life and whatever. And and I had to stop to get this job at SeaWorld. Well, dude, I got an epic story of that. I actually got Shamu stoned one night in the backstage area with (laughs) Shamu's. (laughs) Dude, I'm not even kidding. I stood there with a hose with the Shamu's trainer that I met at a party, and he had a dugout, and he told me if I ever see him working at night, we work night shift. He said, come back, and we'll catch a buzz. So we're standing there with this killer whale right in front of us, and I got a hose, and he likes he was, he was liked his tongue squirt with the hose. So I'm squirting his tongue. I got this ju- Shamu right in front of me, like four feet away from me, and the dude's stacking a one-hitter. He takes a hit. And then he he packs me up one that grabs the hose and I hit the thing and I'm just looking at this killer whale. So I just exhaled right into his mouth. <laughs> I sent a postcard back to my homies back in Maryland. I was like, dude, I got Shamu High last night. They're like, What the fuck? But uh so anyway, shit I I am so I'm all wound up on coffee. Sorry man if I sound like I'm on drugs.
0: No, you're all good. Like that's not what I expected to hear. So that's awesome.
1: <laughs> that's the kind of shit, man. I got those stories. But we'll, Oh, so longboarding. So um I I'd gone for months without smoking weed and then it was like a holiday or Easter something, and I was clear to smoke again. And I, and someone stacked me a big bong rip. I did it, and I'm not condoning the use of drugs. People, <laughs> actually, weed's not really the, but uh, long story short, this buddy of mine who worked at a surf skate shop, he had a longboard, a gravity longboard, and I got super baked, and I went out riding around in the alleys with this thing on all the like the little banks and uh for garages doors and everything and i'm carving i'm surfing soul surfing and i was fucking having the time of my life bro it was so fucking fun so i went to his shop the next day and i was like dude can you sell me one of them and he hooked me up a deal and he sold me a board so it became like my my transportation i was just riding around san diego i lived in mission beach in S- southern california in san diego and uh so I'm cruising around on this longboard and I'm messing around with hippie jumping shit and like, you know, being a bag of circus tricks and I end up breaking the board. I take it back to him and the guy's like, "Look, dude, their factory's like four miles up the highway." You know, here's their number. I call them. They're like, "Hey, come back. We'll switch out." They switch the board. Gave me another one. Take it back to the beach, riding around. A couple days later, break it. Now I'm pissed off. I'm like, dude, I can't ride these long boards. I keep breaking them. (laughs) So I go back to the factory, and they're like, what are you doing on the boards? (laughs) Excuse me. I was like, I'm just goofing off and doing hippie jumps and tricks and shit. And they're like, well, we have a little ramp out back. Come out back. And they had these big bank ramps. And I go out back, and they give me a board, and it's 42 inches. They call it the mini-carve. And uh, I start riding. Oh, nice. So I'm riding this 42-inch board, big fucking soft wheels. I'm doing all these layback Burt slides, krail stalls, backside bonelesses, frontside bonelesses, frontside finger flip bonelesses. They had never seen shit like this. And they were all like, what the fuck, man? They're like, do you want to be sponsored? And I was like, well, if you're going to give me this board for free, they're like, dude, you get everything in here for free. I was like, yeah, sign me up. (laughs) I didn't even mean for it, Gordy. I didn't even mean to get sponsored. I was just trying to get another board. So I come back to my house that night. I got a backpack filled with shirts, wheels, boards, trucks, stickers, all the shit. And my roommate was like, what the fuck? Did you rob the place? I was like, dude, I got sponsored he was like no way so next thing you know three months later i'm on an airplane going on tour shooting a video flying to florida skating kona then we leave kona they're like dude where you want to go let's go to burnside skating we we go to burnside pick up a van let's go to slam city jams let's go to vancouver so for fucking like four years all i did was like then i got became salary all i did was I didn't even mean to become a longboarder, but I had so much fun doing it, and I hooked up with the right guys, Brad Edwards, Jeff Boudreaux. These Gravity guys were all just rootsy, cool guys. They were heads, so we just smoked, and we traveled, and we toured, and we demoed. They would call me and be like, dude, can you go to Japan in like an hour? And I'd be like, yeah, man, let's go. I don't have any money. I'd be like, I don't have any money, but like, you don't need any money. Big like, okay, so everything was paid for from the bud to the beers at night to the food all day everything i i would go on these trips to japan and be a fucking rock star over there because they love surf culture and surf skating and stuff so uh you know i'd go over there man dude the stories i could share with your listeners about there would be are insane i mean all karaoke clubs packed with girls with negligees on they're all chasing after us the interpreters telling us just pick you can only take one with you pick one having like 30 girls there (laughs) and like literally going through 30 girls and negligees and picking the one i want and she was so stoked whatever one you picked was like i'm in and what was with you you know (laughs) like sneaking them into hotel rooms because they're they're not like look they're looked down upon to like go into hotel rooms with americans and stuff so like we were sneaking them through the fuck the uh we were putting them on carts and wheeling them through the fucking lobbies, of hotel rooms, Japanese girls. It was awesome, man. And uh, and I learned a trick there. When you do autograph signings in Japan, they don't speak English and you don't speak Japanese. So you take all the match packs from the hotel you're staying in because the match packs say the name of the hotel and all. And you write your room number inside. So when you're signing autographs, when a hot girl comes through the line, you give them a match pack and then that's how...
0: Oh, there you go.
1: Right? So, dude, we're like five minutes into an autograph signing one day, and I mean, I'm talking like an hour and a half, two hour signing, and five minutes into it, my team manager next to me jeff he's like hey man you got any more match packs i'm like dude you gave all yours away already it was like five minutes into it i was like man you gotta you gotta be more picky man so we get back to the hotel room that night (laughs) the phone's fucking ringing off the hook our interpreter was in the room next to us he was getting so mad because just all these girls were calling and like we couldn't we didn't know what the fuck they were saying so we'd bang on the wall and be like hey man come fucking talk to these girls (laughs) so but that shit was so rock star, man. But yeah, so skateboarding's been awesome to me. I love, you know, the thing that I've attracted me to your show and you guys is, uh, I love the dynamic between you and Spencer. I, you, you guys are just chill, and you to me, man, you're a young cat. But like I was telling you, and the thing, you seem like an old soul. I like that about you. That like you fucking don't give a shit. You're like I'm gonna fucking ride whatever I want to ride, and I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I'm gonna do, and and. I appreciate that as a true skateboarder. That's what a true skateboarder is. Someone that just beats to their own drum and does their own thing. You know, it's definitely admirable for to see younger generations keeping that torch alive of like, just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go, I'm going to run cones. I'm going to go surf style. I'm going to ride a big board and fuck, you know, the, on my Instagram, there's I'm tray flipping 40 inch boards and shit, whatever it was, what, I, you know, you whatever the fuck you wanted to do. And and I love that, you know? So shout out to you, Gordy. <laughs> I guess
0: to kind of explain that, because I don't know if I've really even talked about that on the show. But a lot of that came from just a general lameness of just like jumping off of stuff. And I worked at this skate shop and the owner of it basically, like, pretty much became a mentor of mine and he would talk about all this stuff and it's like you know let's check this out and then one thing led to another next thing i know i'm like i got a slalom board and i'm running cones and i'll tell you what like it is but if you want like a kind of skateboarding that will like kick your ass physically it's slalom like that's a hell of a lot of work
1: it is i i'll tell you out of the slalom disciplines i'm a bank slalom guy i like Giant slalom, bank slalom, tight slalom's really not my thing. The wiggle, 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 wiggle. Like I, I, you know, I, I never, I've done it, I've tried it, but I've never did, set up like a tight slalom setup. I like big giant slalom, and uh, I have some great stories about a uh, part of uh, slalom. Um, if you're aware of this, Steve Olson is one of the greatest bank slalom racers of all time.
0: Yeah, he's got that classic picture of him on the bank going through him.
1: Hell yeah. Yes. Yes. I, that's cool. You know that. Yeah, man. So Olsen's a fucking ripper and he's the coolest dude. And I've gotten to spend a lot of time with him and do cool shit with him and uh, him and hack it and all. So this starts back. Let me see. When did it start for me? Like, okay. So I come back from Cal San Diego in the early 2000 or early 99, nine two. It was 2000. And uh, I started like skating with all my old homies, this, that, and the other. I was like completely on fire with my skating. And uh, so I went out to, um, I went out to, it, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Skate Lab in Simi Valley. It's a skate museum, uh, it's a real famous.
0: So I've heard the name, but I don't know anything about
1: it. Well, I'll tell you what. If you ever get to get out to California, it's in Simi Valley, California, and it's the biggest skateboarding museum and a skate park. But, like, when you walk in there, you're going to shit your pants. Every skateboard ever is hanging on the wall. And <laughs> the collection is the next next level shit. Like, your mind will be blow – your head will blow up. But uh, so David ha- Dave Hackett um, had a company called Death Box for a while. And, uh, he put on, okay. the, he put on this thing called a park slalom race. It was one of the very first ever park slalom races and it was called the death race. And, uh, it was at Simi Valley and they had cones all over strategically through a skate park up on vert walls. You had to wall ride around. Like one of the cones was like two, three foot of vertical. You had to go around it and then you know, they're just all over strategically around this course. So I I fly out there, gravity gets me out there for it, and uh, there's like 80-some dudes, all the fucking legends, all the fucking OG skateboarders are there, and uh, I qualified third. I was like, holy shit, man, top eight go to the finals. And I qualified third and I was like, I can fucking do this. I can win this. I'm going to go for this. I was like, I'm going to win this and solidify my place in skateboard history. (laughs) You know what I mean? So you had two, (laughs) two, two runs in the finals. So my first run, Gordy, I went fucking as hard as I could go. And what I did is if you, you know, slalom rules, if you hit two cones, one cone is a deduction, two cones, you're DQ'd. So. Yeah, it's the same rule in that. So I hit two, I blew out the course, and I DQ'd my first run because I was going too hard. Oh, was, yeah, so then my I only had one more run to get a time, so I had to be conservative. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't push it as hard as I wanted to, and uh, man, I ended up getting seventh, and and it sucked because well, guess who I did beat? I beat Tony Magnusson.
0: <laughs> oh sweet! <laughs> hey, I would. I would till the day I died, like that would be the how I introduced myself. Like, yeah, I'd be Tony Magnuson.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that literally. Like, I think about that all the time because I was such a fan of like H Street and shit like that. Yeah, I actually, you know, it's funny. You know, he ran like Osiris, and all. after that, I got a package from Osiris. <laughs> that was funny but uh yeah so i did really well there well here's what happened this is how this story goes so then the next day the owner of martin Ramos, the Ramos family they own kona skate park in jacksonville florida so marty Ramos comes talks to me goes hey i want to take you to lunch tomorrow and offer a business offer for you so he takes we go to hooters the next day and uh we sit down man and he's like dude i want to have you come to kona and run and manage the skate park and I was like, "What? This is like I don't know. I'm. I think you know what Kona Skate Park is, right? The that's a big deal. It's a big fucking <laughs> deal, dude. The it's acres of skate. The vert ramps like a million, f- million uh feet wide. The snake runs are as legendary as any. There, it's like the, it's like the um. Uh, what is it, like the Mount Rushmore of skate spots in America? Well, one of them is the Kona snake run. Like, it's something you have to do. You have to ride Kona once in your life and roll down that snake run, and you have to go to Albuquerque, New Mexico, and skate down the Indian School Ditch. Those are, I don't care what else your other ones are, but those two things are like bucket list things that all skateboarders need to experience That I mean, Indian School Ditch, I'll tell you that story. But anyway, I'm getting to that. So I'm giving you a cliff notes, bro, of my life. Like I'm just powering through. <laughs> I'm powering through some of my no, highlights. It. Yeah, because I've always wanted to talk to you and tell you these things. But uh, so, um, so look. So I get the job. I come back to Maryland. My wife is pregnant. Well, she, yeah, she we, she got pregnant. I proposed. We got married. So we I said, "Look, this is an opportunity for me to run the biggest skate park in the country. allow me to do lessons, camps, all these things that I was doing because I've taught I've directed so many camps, and I've taught over seven, eight thousand kids how to skateboard, so that was my big give back to skateboarding. So I've done major, major things in uh in that realm of skating. So anyway, I moved to Florida, and housings included well, the housing was a double wide trailer at the skate park on the property and uh it's the spot where all the fucking teams coming through kona would stay and party and rage and shit in the bathtub or whatever the hell crazy shit skateboarders do (laughs) well that that was the housing and when i got there my wife is like pregnant and she's like so we got the place (laughs) we got the place cleaned up but now my wife's pregnant we're living in a trailer we got a pit bull uh if you ever in kona it's called sin city because it's like trailers all around and shit but listen to this gordy this is what's awesome is i'd wake up in the morning i'd unlock the gate and me and my dog would go for a skate through the park just to park to myself and my dog would chase me i I'd, I'd just carve all around the snake run run down the snake run all through the free bowl over down through the just all over i you can ride escape there's so much to escape there there's multiple street courses there's a big street course the pro street course the mini street course the mini spine the mini ramp the j bowl like it just goes on and on there's so much shit to do there you can just go down to the vert ramp And just carve back and forth because it's so wide you can treat it like a giant snake run you know what i mean (laughs) like it's it's so so i would go over there in the morning smoke a bowl and just let my dog chase me around the bar before it opened like it was it was great but what happened is as as my wife got more and more pregnant we our family wasn't there like it it was just getting like man we had to bail so Right before yeah, it gets hard it was hard, it was hard, so we we bailed we came back to um Maryland, and uh we had our son and everything, and then I was doing all these slalom events, bank slalom races, well, I won seven in a row I've won all the all the vans surf Rider contest bank slalom I mean beating heavy head, Chris Chapet heavy hitters I was like beating everyone Kurt Kimball, all these dudes. And then down, winning all those. So I won like seven races in a row. I went back down to Kona. I competed in a bank slalom there, made the finals. I got invited to Albuquerque, New Mexico for an outlaw ditch contest. And Al- I told oh, him, hell yes. this ditch is fucking five miles long, probably longer. But you, you skate it till your legs are burning. And so this wasn't just skating it. This was racing down it. So this uh, famous Albuquerque local named Rob Palmer has a pool in his backyard, skates for Sector 9. I stayed with him, and he took me to the top of it the first day, and he goes, Look, dude, you're here because they only invite 20 people in the whole country to this race. You're here because you you earn your spot. He goes, But don't. Right now, we're going to go down this thing from the top. He goes, It doesn't matter how good of a skateboarder you are right now. All you want to do is survive and be able to walk when we get to the bottom. I was like, "Uh, okay. He's like, (laughs) follow me. So I take off following him. Dude, it's so crazy. I mean, like you're going under overpasses. You're going 40-some mile an hour and coming up to a a tunnel that you're going to fucking roll through this tunnel 40-mile an hour. I mean, I was wearing a biker jacket, a motorcycle helmet, like – It was real deal shit. I rode those ABEC 11 wheels, those big fucking green ones. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I was riding them. I had a 39-inch board, Randall trucks, those things, full downhill stance, and uh, I'm hitting fucking rocks, Gordy, going under these overpasses in a full downhill crouch, and rocks are ping, 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 bouncing off. My wheels are hitting them, and they're flying, bouncing off the walls and shit. At forty some mile an hour, I was like, "This is insane, man!" Like, and then you come out of the tunnel, you got a light foot over a fucking metal grate, and then you back up on these smooth walls, baby, and it's just downhill, and like, it's insane. You get you are hitting speeds that you can't run out of this shit. You know what I mean? So, all you you have to commit. I mean, you can carve it up. You could go down it on a normal skate and but there's all these little hips off the side of it and cut out ditches and so like when you go there like just on your a normal skateboard you can fucking find sections of that thing parking blocks like i found this parking block i was doing like 10 foot long backside blunt slides on this perfect parking block it was so rad <laughs> but uh so that's a must do so anyway i got really into bank slalom skating and uh thanks to steve olson and dave hackett they taught me some tricks of how to approach cones and shave time off. And they are little fucking tricks that not a lot of people realize about with hitting apex of cones. And when I learned those tricks, I won everything that I was in that those guys weren't in because no one knew like, they're like, why are you always like a second or two quicker than the fastest guys? Because I knew that little fucking trick to where you approach the apex of these fucking cones and and that was the trick that's why so maybe one day off air i'll tell you that trick gordy
0: <laughs> hey
1: i would love to know that i don't know any races around me but <laughs> so anyway man i got a question for it. you i got a question for you my question my question for you is uh man so we're both like the these uh what's what do they call podcasters we're um content creators. Is that what we are? Content creators? I guess so. So what was it that, that got you made you want to create this wood in your ear podcast? And where did the name come from? Those two are my two questions.
0: So let me first like get the name right out of the way. Yeah. That's a tweak on a defunct football podcast. I saw that was called balls in your ear. Yes That's better than balls in your mouth (laughs) (laughs) Exactly (laughs) But as far as As far as why I actually like It's actually in the book a little bit as far as why But basically I'd already been kicking the idea Of wanting to start A show Because I I don't know I was always one of those kids That would like dick around with like tape recorders And shit Yeah and kind of like play radio. Right. Whatever, years go by, what forget it. Then in like Reese, over the last couple of years I gotten into work that had me doing a lot of driving. And I'm sure you know cuz you sounds like you do a lot of it, a lot of the same thing. You can't listen to music the whole time. No. So next thing I next thing I know I'm listening to this new fancy version of talk radio. Right.
1: What were you listening to? I'm curious. What were some of the podcasts you were grooving on?
0: This might kill, like everybody listening, this might kill your image of me, but most of what I listen to is a lot more boring stuff. Like Stuff You Should Know is a big one, or Stacking Benjamins, Afford Anything. I listen to a lot of like finance stuff more than anything else. Brad. But a couple, there were two shows in particular that stood out to me more than anything else. One was the Super Mega Cast, which I don't know if you know it's basically two Let's Players dicking around. And the, and another was Speed Metal Cycling, which was basically like a cycl uh road cycling podcast that didn't take itself too seriously. Right. And I for the life of me I was trying to find a skateboarding show. Cause skateboarding's my life. Yeah. So I would try and find like, oh where is this in there? And at the time, I don't think you had started yet.
1: No, I started in January. There wasn't
0: really. So yeah, that would have been around the same time as us.
1: Yeah, I was the but... like the last week of January, 2020.
0: But the only thing I was really able to find was, um, Chris Roberts' show. I can't think of what it's called. Nine Club. Yeah,
1: Nine Club. Yeah. And
0: for the life of me, that wasn't that was a much more, I guess, serious take. Polished on skateboarding than i was looking for
1: yeah i understand totally
0: so it was like you know what we'll just
1: do this (laughs) yeah no it's great man like i like that's what i that's what i like the organic of your podcast how you guys will fucking sit in the car at the skate park and be like look at this guy what is this guy like dude i even laughed last week out loud when you guys got on that shit about uh wendy's and all that (laughs) shitting Coles and Spence is like, "Yeah, man, doesn't the Coles logo look just like the Supreme logo?" And then you hear this,
0: "If you could hook me up with anybody, it's got to be Mark Appleyard."
1: Mark Mark Apple. <laughs> yeah. Dude, well, i hooked you up with Fedge, didn't I? <laughs> I shot I I think I shot uh Jeff Hedges at your show.
0: <laughs> oh my god, yes. Yeah. But yeah but- I cannot thank you enough for that because just for the bragging rights of saying like Jeff Hedges might've listened to a like a clip from the show. And he's apparently aware of the fact that I wrote a book like that. That to me is like the biggest. Yeah, bragging. Man, right the
1: fedge is the shit. Uh, uh, okay. Up the alley of fed. Well, that, that's his nickname Fedge. That's why I'm saying, but Jeff Hedges fedge. But, uh, um, this made me think I, you love in You're an invert guy. You wrote a book. Fucking yes, you can invert. Do you know who Rodney Mead is?
0: So the name sounds familiar, but I can't.
1: All right. I anything. want you to write this down in your notepad or I'll send it to you, but I, that's your homework. Rodney Mead is a guy <laughs> from Florida, right? He was down at hangar in the Houston, uh, uh, banger in the hangar last week in Houston. Dude, Rodney Mead is a fucking invert master. Like when you watch him do inverts, at I forget how old he is. He's older. He does fully fucking extended Andrex and just stands on them. Fully tuck knee, tuck knees, he and just it's manly shit.
0: Like hangs out up there,
1: just stalled out Andrek like a fucking snowboarder doing a method air off a cliff, but in a st- stalled out straight arm Andrek just stalled out there. And he'll stall him and shit, come back into fakie or whatever. It doesn't matter. Just just. Like, go on Instagram and look up Rodney Mead, <laughs> M E E D. But, uh, and same for you, listeners. If you want to see good inverts, man, that, uh, that, that guy. So that's cool. That's cool, Gordy, because, man, I, I know you had that Lurker magazine. So you've always been in a, a creative guy. I could tell you're a creative cat. And when you had this idea, because, like you said, I've been listening to the show now. You're, like, I'm right there as the top fan, man. Like, when they come out on Tuesday, I'm driving. The, and uh that's what that's what sparked me to do this because i drive a lot i listen to podcasts i was like you know what i did a little research i was like i can buy one of these things and some mics and i know a lot of cool people <laughs> and like i i've been banging them you know everybody apparently <laughs> i know my last episode bucky lasik episode 39 man uh I, rodney jones rodney jones came on my show Right. And he, he brings his girlfriend to the show. He calls me the night before, right? This is uh for, if you do go and check out my show, I think Rodney was like episode 10 or something, but he calls me the night before. It's like, Hey dude, I'm going to bring my girl. I'm going to propose to her at the beginning of the show. I was like, Oh, that'll be sick, dude. That'll be like podcast history. And I was like, Hey dude, guess (laughs) what? I got one of those fucking church of ministry Christ things off the internet where you pay 20 bucks and give your email i'm a certified minister he's like bro will you marry us so we started off rodney jones episode and i he proposed to his girl and then i married him and then we started the episode which
0: is so fucking amazing
1: oh dude i I did a podcast marriage episode 10 It was so fucking funny. He's drinking beers, and he his girl's got big titties, and he always is like, "Oh man, those are my fun fun bag." I, I said, "Do you take Rhonda to the be beer awfully wet away?" He goes, "I take her and them big ass titties." <laughs> I was like, "Fuck yeah, Rodney!" <laughs> Crazy. He was telling stories, man. The Rodney Jones episodes, all he, you know, th- that famous picture of Chad Muska uh, doing the crooked grind with the boombox. Yeah, we were all there that day. I was there. Rodney backsmith that handrail, and after, after this, he tells the story in uh the, his podcast. But after that, he goes and sits down. He's all stoked. He's like, "Yeah, man, I just fucking backsmith that rail from right in front of Muska." Muska comes skating over to him and is like, "Yo, that was fucking. You just backsmith that rail? That was tight, yo." He goes, "You smoke?" Rodney's like, "Yeah, I smoke." He fucking bends over. He pulls out a fucking weed out of his shoe remember the fucking musk oh the fucking
0: his- like hidden pocket yeah dude
1: <laughs> he say he rodney goes he pulls out some weed out of him, fucking tongue of his shoe and kids are all around tripping like yo fucking musk like him he just he, uh baked you know got rodney baked i was like oh that was sick but i mean rodney's so og i mean he he's toured ever with everybody, uh, Caballero in Japan. He goes, Caballero is like the most famous dude in Japan. Like you go to Japan with Caballero, you're getting royalty treatment. You know what I mean? And like, he's talking about touring Japan with Caballero and all this. That was a good episode, but man, I've had a lot, but I I was inspired like the same way. I was like, you know what? I just want to have an organic show. Mine's a little more long format than you. And I think that you can tell why by listening to me talk right now, right?
0: (laughs) Well, actually, I wouldn't even, I I know what you're getting at, but I wouldn't even say that because I even hinted at it at the beginning when we started talking, Mm -hmm. I would compare like if I'm going to compare the two, you're making like actual factual radio, like yours is something that, oh, that could be
1: nationally syndicated on like whatever radio station and whatnot. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're right. Some, some of them are. I did when COVID hit, I got, I struggled for a minute. I was like, oh shit. Like, you know, everybody was getting weird. I'm getting my wife out here and we're playing our favorite songs and <laughs> shit. I had one called FU Corona Radio. I did an episode where I was. Oh, uh, I remember that. Yeah, man. I just played songs that I thought I did a, a skate video music episode. <laughs> that was cool it was just mostly all old skate tunes and shit from classic videos, but skate music that I like, but that's what I like about podcasts, man. Cause I'm not on YouTube. So I can, I play other, you can play other people's music and shit. I love that. You know? <laughs> so that, that, yeah, we, we don't have to deal with as much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Hey, did you hear, did I tell you, I mentioned this to you, but uh, I'm going to send you over something special. Gordy. I've re- I've wrote, a little jingle for you this week i did an ad read i created an ad for your book and it's fucking pretty accurate, oh
0: i'm fucking man. excited <laughs> uh, you, want,
1: you want me to fucking do it let's, for hear, you? It. It's, let's hear it it's insane but I, it, this is a little a little break right here okay hey this is cabbage from the in the patch with cabbage podcast are you looking for that perfect gift this holiday season are you just sitting around on your couch doubting yourself feeling like a failure like you need a good pick me up Well, either way, I have the perfect thing for you. Go to gordontharp.com and order Yes, You Can Invert. That's right, gordontharp.com. Yes, you can invert. What are you waiting for? Pick up your phone and go to gordontharp.com. It's a book about trying, and Lord knows you need to start trying. Try harder. You might even learn something. Maybe you'll even learn how to invert. I don't know. So don't miss out on this great read. If you don't know how to read... Have your mother read it to you. You know why? Because she read me a book last night, and she's a really, really, really good reader. It's a great deal. For the price of a pack of smokes and a Chipotle burrito, you can own an autographed copy of Yes, You Can Invert. That's right, an autographed copy of Yes, You Can Invert. Gordontharp.com. G-O-R-D-O-N-T-H-A-R-P.com. Not .com, you pervert, .com. C-O-M by the way, check out my podcast, In the Patch with Cabbage. Now get out there and give them hell. What do you think, Gordo? Did I do, is that a good one? Is that a keeper? Oh
0: I absolutely love it.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm retarded, man. I'm tweaking on coffee. I was driving the truck this week. I was like, man, hey, and I got a question for you. I ordered a book, and I'm calling my wife all week. And she's like, I'm like, did it come? Did the book come? Because I wanted to power read it. And she's like, it never came. So my book hasn't come, man. Let's find out. We can find out right now. Yeah, man. What's up? Where's that? It doesn't say cabbage on my credit card. It'll say uh, James Bradfield. <laughs> but it should be. It's, I I put in all my information. Hopefully I did it right. Maybe I didn't do it right. I ordered that fucker because I want to read it, man. I want to come back on the show. And uh. well, actually, you got to come on my show. So we'll do that i wonder if i can get you i wonder if i can get you both can i get spence too i'm sure we can make like if
0: nothing else i'll shanghai him and he won't realize it's happening until it's happening
1: (laughs) that dude's classic man he's fucking he i I need a sidekick like him man (laughs) I, i love his knowledge of all the new shit it's so great man i love how you're like i don't really know but he he dropped. I'll
0: tell you what, I do, if it wasn't for him, I don't know if I could do this show because I would just keep talking about like Christian Hosoy and Tony, like versus Tony Hawk and that North and South cap.
1: <laughs> I love it, dude.
0: Like it'd be the same thing every day.
1: That's so funny, man. It's so funny. Well, dude, you can. Whenever you're in a bind, right now you know we can pull this off. Just call me, man. Let's. I'll I'll sit and co-host any time, bro. If if you can record them on these days, I'm home so for my job now i'm all for that yeah dude i'm down anytime man i'll I'll be a fucking sitting co-host on one year anytime i'd be proud I, i love doing this shit man i i love it um so this is funny i'm gonna give you a little back so now when i when i had to grow up a couple years ago i was like what the fuck am i gonna do because i devoted my whole life to skateboarding and i was like man i don't know dude i didn't go to college i was like man my whole rock star fantasy didn't work out so you know like, what am I going to do? I was like, well, I did a lot of driving, driving the team van, driving. I was like, well, fuck, I'll go work for UPS. <laughs> so I got a job at UPS. I became the UPS man. And then uh, I made my way through the power ranks. And then I got to the tractor trailers and then I uh, got my CDL. And now I drive all over the country. So my my current route, I I leave on Tuesday night. I go down to Jacksonville, Florida, which is the home of Kona, which sucks because I can't even go to the skate park because I drop off my trailer. Then I go to salt Lake city, (laughs) salt Lake city, Utah. From there, I, after Utah, I go across Wyoming and all, I come down through Kansas and I go to Oklahoma city, Oklahoma. Then I go to Louis, St. Louis, uh, I go uh St Louis, Missouri, and then I cut down and go to louisville um Kentucky, then from Louisville, Kentucky, I go to Boston Massachusetts, Boston, Massachusetts, back to Baltimore, six thousand five hundred miles four and a half days every week. me and another guy. <laughs> I drive my ass off, dude, I drive so basically I drive thirty three hundred miles, which is a trip across the country. I do that every week, so
0: Yeah. See, that's way tougher than me. I couldn't do
1: it. It's tough. It's tough. But you know what? It's cool because thank goodness for like, I'll I'll, seriously do these big trucks. They they drive themselves pretty much. Right. You just get the crews going. I drive the night leg, So all the people aren't all, you know, it's not all the traffic. I kick back, dude. I'll have my bedroom slippers on, a pair of sweatpants. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm listening to Dateline, murder mysteries, crime junkies. I just found this new podcast. It's so rad, dude. Um, it's about like a, um, uh, it's a people tell different stories about crazy shit that happened to them like i got hit by lightning uh i found a person who committed suicide i witnessed a murder um i just
0: oh you'll have to send that to me
1: dude i i went down the rabbit hole of it this week i listened to every episode this week it's like a whole shit ton of them but real interesting shit and the way i found it was um this guy puts on this podcast about podcasting and how to become a better host and how to talk better and and interview better and be a better guest and um and i went down his rabbit hole listening to this because i was like damn i want to be a better you know i'm i'm interviewing these great guests but like it's a it's an art to interviewing it's different than just sitting there talking like when you interview someone it's uh, you know you gotta keep it moving you gotta it's a lot to interview i i never realized and like a lot of guys you hear people talk you gotta like right now i'm being a really bad i would be being a bad interviewer because i'm talking so much but that's because i'm on your show and i'm talking about my shit (laughs) but like
0: no, this is about you, not me. So keep going.
1: Oh, I know. But man, it's cool because dude, I, I, <laughs> when you listen to someone the way you've probably listened to my show, I listen to your show. So like, I was excited just to fucking bullshit with you. You know, I have questions I want to <laughs> ask you. I like, I want to know about Michigan city shit. You know, I want to know about the Indiana shit. What's going on over there. You know, I, I was doing a run, uh, two years ago where I would go on Saturday night. I'd go out to Chicago and we would turn around and come right back to Baltimore. And then we'd get back to Baltimore. And eight hours later, we would turn around and go back to Chicago. And then from Chicago, I'd go to Kansas and then Kansas back. So I was do I was going past right past you on I-80 like twice a week.
0: Yeah, that's like right back. <laughs> like, that's scary
1: close. I-80, I would go across from Baltimore to Chicago four times a week. So, like you know over back over back so i was going right past michigan city man <laughs> it would be funny i'd be listening to your show like damn i'm going past your exit right here gordy <laughs> and here we're just sitting in a car in some lot down there <laughs> i love it your park your park looks rad I i looked at it i checked it out and like google earthed it and everything i was like damn that looks like a rad little spot yeah it don't fit the
0: rest of the area
1: yeah yeah do you guys go is there any bigger parks over in like chicago and stuff do you go to or no i'll say it seems it seems like you guys were more growing up doing that street skating thing jumping down steps and shit huh well a lot of the parks
0: in this area are
1: pretty new yeah yeah right right a lot of parks in this country are pretty new right now they're going crazy yeah, I mean, I guess that I guess that
0: isn't really a local thing. Like, it's only recently that parks have been springing up like daisies.
1: I mean, think about what Jeff Emmett's doing out there in Montana. They're building fucking skate parks all over Montana. Who would have thought Montana would have all these concrete parks? And Pearl Jam would be responsible.
0: I know, that's like all barren wasteland. <laughs> right, right.
1: <laughs> Who would have thought Pearl Jam would have built a bunch of skate parks? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ, man. Good shit, Gordo. Good shit, man. But yeah, I
0: would love to, if you want to hear about like that or some, I mean, I don't have that much knowledge of like some older Chicago stuff, but like, you know, you, you catch the stuff. Cause that's like the next place that you always go and hang out when you're in this area. I'd love to sit in with you one day and we can talk about it over there.
1: Definitely. We definitely, definitely will. Cause like I said, like. The way that we're all, you know, we're all these little fish in this big ocean of podcasting. So it's like we all kind of just got to roll, you know, be on each other's team a little bit. You know, like everybody, we all got to support each other because, like, you know, I'm not getting a million downloads. I'm doing really well, man. But, like, I'm not getting crazy downloads where you're going to hear me next week. And you know what, Gordy? I think about it. I've said this on my show. I don't think I really want to have. I have a job. I don't really i'm I'm gonna sell some merch right but i don't think i want to be that guy coming on going all right be sure to get your cbd md at the you know do, are you having pain <laughs> in your asshole well make sure you get your preparation h this week you know like I don't, I don't think that yeah with my show i have local guys my local skate shop a local wheel company speed lab wheels i have a you know i keep it like based to my state people that i interact with and know and they have small companies or whatever companies they have i just support them so like when they they don't i don't make money off of it they i just get all you know get hooked up i need wheels bam send me wheels you know if i want to go to skate shop i need grip tape or i need you know kick me down a bunch of t-shirts you know whatever i i don't I'm about, you know, spreading the love of skating and the stoke to my hometown crew. And that's, you know, I call myself the, the home of Maryland skateboarding. But, like, I'm branching out. You know, I had Andy Roy on the show.
0: Yeah, that was crazy.
1: He got me so hyped up, Gordy. I was like, like, I just based off seeing him on Viceland and the King of the Road Thrasher shit. I was expecting this guy like he came in he was mellow he was cool and then when we started recording I was like yeah man fuck yeah Andy Roy because I'm thinking of the way (laughs) and next thing I know he like turns it on I, I see I saw him start to come to life when he saw me and at the end of the interview after we stopped he was like dude you're like a natural dis he goes i was completely comfortable i had a fucking great time doing this show like i was like cool man it really stoked me out you know like i was like because you know he's done all the big the nine clubs the talking schmidt the you know all the big ones yeah for him to come on my little show and be like oh that was fucking awesome i was stoked so that was a cool that was then i took him skating we went to lansdowne and uh showed him my home skate park and had him follow me around through some speed lines. So that was cool. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, man. So actually before
0: we like start to wrap things up, I got to commend cause you, you kind of hit it on the head as far as like us all being like, we're really tiny. And actually I look at you and your show as being like huge compared to wooden in your ear, but I even spoke with it with Rick over at no Mongo. I'd love like, if there's anything about this like community It's the, we all kind of, like, sprouted up out of nowhere, and, I mean, effectively, me and you, a week ago, we were just two randos to, well, not, yeah, yeah, like, not too long ago, we were just two randos to each other, like, oh, hey, like, he's doing a show, too, let's, yeah, and, and it's just been great,
1: isn't that cool, And, and you know what, that just reflects skateboarding, that's the way skateboarding is, man, and, like, it, it, podcasting all right i'm sure it is but I, you know i don't think i'm gonna go over to the call or daddy girls and they're not gonna be like yeah come on you know? like i don't think it's like yeah that.
0: they're not gonna pick up that phone call come
1: on man <laughs> come on come on you sluts come on <laughs> now i'm just kidding but like you know what it's it's skateboarding man and one thing i can say about skateboarding is i've done a lot a lot a lot of traveling and um I had times where like me and the team manager of gravity, we loaded up my truck and drove across country and we never had to get a hotel room because we would go to skate parks like your skate park in your town. We would show up. We'd skate. We were cool. We were just normal people. We were having a good time. And everywhere we went, every skate park all the way across the country, we did this twice. People would be like, dude, you want to smoke a bowl? Hey, all right, cool. Hey, man, I got some, you want to? I got a couch you guys want to crash oh I got a spare room or whatever and we just had places to stay meals to eat like you know we'd be like hey we'll go buy beer man and they'd be like, okay cool man I'll cook up some spaghetti or something Killer. or we would do that they'd be like, I got some beer we'd be like me and Jeff hey let's go get some fucking spaghetti and shit we'll make some you know and it was just like camaraderie of skateboarding and that shit is real this shit is real, not just in the United States, but it's real in other countries. I've seen it firsthand in Japan. You know, in some of my best friends I've met in Canada. Um or I've gone to Canada and, you know, this one guy, his name was Steve Lang. Steve Lang is one of the baddest motherfucking longboard skateboarders ever from Vancouver. And when we went there the first time on our first tour up there, I at the end of the session, we made friends with him and I walked up to him, I was like, dude, we have all these skateboards in the car. I want to give you a fucking board, so I gave him a brand new complete. He was stoked. He remembered that. We kept in touch with him. The next time we went up to Canada, boom, we were all staying at Steve Lang's house, getting these special tours, going to fucking crazy exotic island, you know, beaches like just local shit. And we were just tuned in because, like, we all became friends, and you know, it, it was just skateboarding is like a brotherhood, man, and and it's really that has that has gone over to what we're talking about with this podcast you know we talk about skateboarding like i tell people now i talk about skateboarding better than i do it because dude i'm old and it and it hurts more and you know and, and it sucks man because like driving the truck and getting all my metabolism slowed down dude I, i'm not i was a mini ramp champ like i skated in the nsa's against you know my heat would be like annie mcdonald steve Bear, willie santos These dudes were all in my heats. I remember going to the NSA regionals and I had a new trick. You know what it was? Backside nose pivot, backside revert. I was so stoked because we were all, it was the beginning of backside reverts, backside disaster, backside revert, Smith grind reverts. So I was big. I was on the forefront of all that backside revert shit. That's why I got big time in the switch front rock and rolls and all that because it's a backside revert. You just change your stance. But, um, I go to the NSA regionals. I'm so stoked to fucking do this nose grind, you know, backside nose grind, backside revert. Annie McDonald's in my heat goes before me and fucking does a perfect one. <laughs> I was like, "God." Damn. <laughs> oh man, it was oh, great. Annie's a- great and I've I've had times with him. Hey, in San Francisco, when Tony Hawk did the 900, I walked back to the hotel room with Colin McKay. Colin McKay won that contest. He did three or four never been dones on vert. At He did like backside, he did a switch back tail, back shut, or big spin out, like crazy fucking never been done on vert tricks at X Games 1999. The contest was over. Colin had done the three. Tony, at the very end of time, tried the 900. And dude, everyone went crazy. And so ESPN was like, hey man, go at it. And they gave, it took an hour for him to do it. It was an hour after the contest was over that Tony did the nine. And so I walked back to the hotel room. I was like, dude, I was like, Colin, you fucking won that contest, bro. And he looked at me, he goes, Hey, but it was Tony. And it's the nine, like totally humble and cool. I was like, fucking that's cool, man. That was real cool. You know, but, uh, things like that, you know, and then go back. If you haven't listened, episode four of mine is Matt Dove. Matt Dove actually is one of my best friends. He's he's created a lot of vert tricks that have never been done. He's beat Tony Hawk to doing them. Like, uh, backside 360 Ollie late shove it's half cab late shove it's. He does all these crazy, like, shit like that. And, uh, he beat Tony Hawk 2001. We were at the X Games and, uh, he did a pop shove it indie, pop shove it indie 720. And, uh, he beat Tony Hawk doing the 91. And we all went back to I tell the story on the podcast, but we all went back to my house and I wake up the next morning. My mom's wearing the X Games gold medal. My grandmother took all of his clothes and she was old school and she would put them in a fucking spaghetti pot on the stove. And she put all of his clothes, all his whites on the stove. And he comes down and Matt's like, dude, where's my bag and all my T-shirts and shit? And I go in the kitchen and my grandmother's stirring up his fucking T-shirts and fucking underwear and shit on the fucking stove. I'm walking around playing the Basie one. My mom's wearing the X game fucking gold medal. It was so epic, man. (laughs) Stories for days, Gordy. Stories for days. I'll I'll have to come back for part two, man.
0: No, for real. And I'm going to have to go onto yours and talk about like my tiny little stories in comparison. I, well no.
1: <laughs> I wanna no, they're great. I wanna talk about like the stuff that you've been in. I wanna talk about, you know, being a creator, Lurker magazine. I wanna talk about your book. I wanna read it first. By the way, did you see did my book ship?
0: Yes. So I thought I I'm gonna send you a copy of the tracking number. But long story short, USPS has been doing this a lot. And I think it's just that time of year, you know, and they're under a lot of stuff.
1: It's horrible right now.
0: Basically, they got an update that says it's still in transit. It's just arriving late and they don't have a date.
1: Okay, that's cool. No, as long as it got, I just wanted to make sure the order was out. I'll get it. Yeah. I want to, when I have you on, we'll talk about that in the process of, uh, dude, you, when we started listening to each other and I started listening to your podcast, this wasn't even a thing, right?
0: No, it just started as a joke on one episode.
1: Yeah what the fuck man that's amazing you have to be i'm tripping on you bro like that's fucking super cool congratulations on that that's that's huge man like holy shit hey
0: man thanks
1: 2020 was a year of a bunch of bullshit but hey man we've started some podcast and you put a book out you just won up the game bro <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're saying that before you've read it though
1: uh, <laughs> hey i don't care because man i like my ad hey, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: i love that if you don't mind i'm just gonna play that at the beginning of every episode now
1: play it when you do your ad read in the middle man I, my favorite part is are you looking for that perfect gift this holiday season or are you just sitting around on the couch doubting yourself feeling like a failure like you need a pick me up <laughs> well either way i have the perfect thing for you <laughs> Oh, I love it! Oh, it's great. I'm gonna send you. I before I was waiting for you to call. I've recorded one. I'm a. i am know. I gotta get out of here, dude. I could do this all fucking. No, you're all
0: good. Before we wrap things up, you want to let everybody know more about like in the patch and where they can find it, or anything you want to plug?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, my my podcast is called In the Patch with Cabbage. I'm on all the everywhere you can get wood in your ear. I'm right there with them. Uh, iTunes and um Spotify and all those other who knows there's so many fucking platforms but uh you can get them on any of those and um and i'm on instagram at in the patch uh podcast in the patch with cabbage or whatever and facebook in the patch with cabbage uh podcast on facebook and i put every time i put a show out i put pictures a group of pictures of the guest, and a little blurb about it and a link on my facebook and my instagram but go check out the instagram because uh It's rad, man. I look back through all my old guests, man. Like, I started, I'm a band guy, and I'm not only a skateboarder, but like, I play drums in a band called Stone Dust Riders. You can find our last album we put out in 2018 on uh, that's the intro music and outro music to my show, is my band. Um, But Stone Dust Riders, and uh, so my. My deal with the show is I wanted to have I started having some amazing I know all the rad musicians here in town and uh, I've had a couple guests on my show that are musicians uh, the set episode to Ronnie Henry crazy fucking stories and but uh, long story Um, I, I will going to get back to that with musicians artists tattoo artists all these create I'm just into like people that have good stories man and creative shit you know it doesn't have to be skating but i know every fucking skateboarder on this coast so it's like i i got a lot of documentation to do tomorrow i'm recording with the fucking burnside og uh so a, a amazing longtime friend skater lives in burnside and it's one of the fucking they call him the mayor out there so uh, i'm ca- calling out to portland tomorrow now that i'm doing these phone call ones uh, you're going to hear a lot more from all over the country man so but hey i will try to work oh, on sick. i will try to work on getting bam to fucking get 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 him on your show for sure
0: that that's seriously like i i don't know how i would ever repay you but if you could make that happen i don't care if he just like screams at me over the phone for like 2 seconds like that would be the best <laughs>
1: And I know I can get fucking Novak that no, I've been trying to get with Novak for he Novak's on this sobriety tour. He does a podcast every other day, every day. He's done so many podcasts. He's got a movie coming out and I'm going to be in the movie. So that's pretty cool. That was Brand, yeah. Brandon Novak. I've, he, I've known him since he was a little kid. We used to go on skate trips He and we'd be smoking weed in the car. He was a little kid and he would cover his nose with the t-shirt, going, man, you guys are the Doobie Brothers, man. Oh, you do smoke weed. And, uh, and, that, and then look at the life that he fucking lives. <laughs> <Fucking> cr- <laughs> I'm like, you used to give me shit for smoking weed. Look at you, you crazy motherfucker. But he's doing great. Novak, sober, and, and, and Bam, too, man. Both of them are, are doing really good. So, um, I got a friend of mine who just did a video edit with those guys, and Andy Roy and all. They all went up to Boston skating up north and all. So, that was cool he's actually uh this guy lonnie from hd video mag he's gonna be coming on my show soon and he's i said man he's like i want to party with you cabbage he goes i got whippets i said you got whippets bring them on we're gonna do whippets live on the fucking show
0: (laughs) god i ain't heard that since like high school oh i know (laughs) dude
1: i haven't done a whippet in fucking decades i'm gonna probably black out and face first right on my fucking uh (laughs) (laughs) but i think it would make for great content man i'm not scared gordy i'm not scared you got live stream that one yeah i I think i should i definitely will i definitely will be on my in the patch with cabbage instagram for sure so cool man well gordy let's keep in touch man
0: hell yeah you want to let everybody know what to do
1: you know i want to fucking let all those motherfuckers know what to do get out there and give them hell